Napa know-how. When you purchase a set of Napa brake pads and rotors, you get a discount code from Fanatics.com worth up to $50 towards your favorite sports gear. While Napa can't help your team reach the promised land, we can help make sure your car will because these brakes come with something no sports team does. Guaranteed performance. Great brakes, great price, great fan gear. That's Napa know-how. Napa know-how. Offer expires September 30th, 2017. You are Locked On Packers, your daily podcast on the Green Bay Packers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And you are Locked On Packers. Hello, this is Bill Huber, the publisher of PackerReport.com, part of the Scout.com network, which brings you some of the best NFL and college football coverage that you can find anywhere. Once again, thank you for listening, making this the fastest growing podcast network in the world. You can subscribe to this podcast via iTunes and the Android app. And please check out the rest of the great Locked On Podcast Network, including Locked On NFL, Locked On Fantasy, and Locked On Bears. And of course, please go over to PackerReport.com and check out my written work over there. A lot of stuff that you won't find anyplace else, including the world's best preview before Thursday's game against the Bears, some X's and O's stuff. Uh, if you haven't subscribed before, you can go sign up for the one-month option, type in the promo code, or the coupon code, PackReport21. That's not Packer, but Pack Report 21. You buy one month, I'll buy the second one for you. As usual, a big show for you today. On second down, we'll talk about the Packers' strengths becoming weaknesses, which is, a, I think, a particularly troubling thing about their, their slump that they're in. On third down, the breakout game of Ty Montgomery. And fourth down, a quick-hitting look at Thursday night's game against the Bears. But first, it's first down, and oh, what an injury report. For Green Bay, the trouble spots are cornerback and running back. Running back, of course, as you know, the Packers went into Sunday's game with only Eddie Lacy in the backfield. James Starks had knee surgery on Sunday, so that left only Eddie Lacy and then wide receiver Ty Montgomery filling in as a running back. Um, we'll see how Lacy is later this week. Starks, of course, will not play. Uh, the Packers did add running back Don Jackson. Um, we'll get into that here shortly. Um, asked about Eddie Lacy on Monday. Mike McCarthy kind of hit on all the position groups at once. He goes, we're working through the process, frankly. There's a number of things going on still, testing and so forth. I really don't have all the information. I think obviously the stress points of our game day roster for Thursday will be the running back position and the corner position. Anytime you're dealing with your 53-man roster, how you're going to forecast how you're going to line up with the 46, you've got two positions that need attention. And frankly, these injuries that we have, they're not of long-term IR nature. That's all part of a normal season. you just got to work through it. It's Monday. We're still gathering information. I don't know if we'll have it sorted out until Tuesday, maybe Wednesday. So here's the injury report. Um, of course, they did not practice yesterday, so these uh, uh, did not practice explanations are all estimations, and every guy here would not have practiced. Wide receiver Jared Aberderis, quad. Wide receiver Devontae Adams, concussion. Adams told Rob Domofsky after the game that he did not have a concussion. I guess, he was, I guess he was so concussed that he was uh, wrong on that. I hate to make a joke there, but uh, safety Chris Banjo, hamstring. Right tackle Brian Balaga back after um, trying to pounce in that um, quarterback draw fumble. Uh, Balaga talked yesterday. He said, progressing, I'd say. I think that's the best way to put it. Definitely feels better than it did yesterday. I'll put it that way. Hopefully tomorrow it will progress and feel better. Wide receiver Randall Cobb with a back. That's the same injury as that hard hit late in the victory against the Giants. Um, he says he's not any worse off than he was. 
Uh, Lacey, of course, with the ankle. Here come the cornerbacks. Demarius Randall, groin. Quinton Rollins, groin. Sam Shields, concussion. And uh, running back James Sirks with the aforementioned knee. Uh, McCarthy said Dr. McKenzie, that of course would be Dr. Pat McKenzie, felt very good about the surgery. Um, personally, I haven't talked to James yet, so I can't really give you a timeline. But they feel it's something quick, so it'll definitely be on the front end of whatever the prog prognosis is. So that's good news there. Um, kind of hitting the running backs, the cornerback spot. This is just an enormous problem. You know, you, when, when Randall drops out of that game against the Giants, and this being a short week, you figure, you know, he's not going to play, right? On, after the game on Sunday, uh, McCarthy said that Rollins injured his groin at practice on Saturday, and he already ruled out Rollins for Sunday. And Sam Shields with a concussion. Um, I don't know where Shields is in that concussion protocol. We didn't ask McCarthy, but it's hard to imagine that even, even a veteran guy that say he got cleared today, I mean, could he possibly play in a game with kind of a I mean, they'll practice today? But so obviously, I mean, obviously they're they're trying to conserve their bodies for for Thursday, so they're not going to have a gigantic full practice today. So can could could Shields even possibly get ready on a short practice week? We'll see. But if they don't have Rollins, Shields, and Randall, it's going to be the same deal as on Thursday or on Sunday against the Cowboys, where it was Ladarius Gunter at one spot. Uh, Micah Hyde played corner in the other spot, and then Dimitri Goodson played entered in the, in the nickel situation. So, not good there. I know Gunter's come on a lot of fire from the fans, and for obvious reasons, he was absolutely terrible in that Cowboys game. He also was great against Odell Beckham and Victor Cruz in the Giants game. He was their best corner in the Cowboy in the in the Lions game. So he's played some good football. Just yesterday was not one of them, and you wonder. The matchup against a guy like Elshon Jeffrey, a big physical guy who doesn't run all that well. You wonder if maybe that might be a, actually a better matchup for him than going up against some of the quicker guys he had to face against the Cowboys on Sunday. But clearly, he's going to have to play much better. He's going to have to rebound to return to form. So, I mean, to me, he looked like an, he looked like an ascending player. Then obviously, Sunday was just a flat-out disaster. Um. Going back to the backfield, I broke this news. Huge news here. Dun, 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 dun. The Packers promoted Don Jackson from the practice, or were going to promote him yesterday. They have not officially done so. Um, the, there's another roster move to be made there, obviously. We'll get into that bit of it shortly. Fans, of course, saying that it's way too little, way too late, based on what happened on Sunday. Here's the challenge here, though. No one likes long-term injuries. I mean, no one likes injured reserve injuries. I mean, that's you know saying the obvious, but these short-term injuries are a real pain in the butt because you're losing guys who can't play for a game or two but do you make a long-term far-reaching roster decision to cover your butt for a game or two injury i mean look at look at the deal with starks maybe he i mean he obviously missed the dallas game maybe he'll miss another game or two i mean do you want to tear up your roster and lose someone that you like to cover yourself for a couple of weeks and then, then that's the challenge. And you know, McCarthy got into this before on uh, yesterday before they did the, the uh, before they signed Jackson. And McCarthy, and McCarthy really sums this up well. It's a long year, he said. If you start making roster moves, it's just really never one factor that factors other positions. Because frankly, you have players that you may have to jeopardize putting out there. Joe Callahan. The plan with Joe was to be here, and you take that chance, you accept that risk, and that's what happens. So those are things that you have to weigh in. 
We had an ongoing three or four day conversation last week, and it'll be the same here. We've just got less time to do it. It's never, give me another running back or give me another corner because it's a long year. You have 53, plus you're calling the practice squad guys. That is the chess match right there. If you're talking about chess match in the game of football, it's managing your roster. And that's a great point. You know, I was told heading into that Dallas game that the plan was to promote Don Jackson to the roster that day or on Saturday. Well, Quentin Rollins goes down at practice on Saturday, and he's not going to play. So what do you do? You know, the original plan was, obviously, they, they cut Callahan um, on, on Thursday, and that was going to be Mike Pinnell's spot. And then they were going to cut Brian Price, and that was going to be for Don Jackson. Well, then Rollins goes down, so then you cut Brian Price, and you end up promoting or activating um, Dimitri Goodson off the suspended list. I mean, so I mean, because I need obviously you need another corner, and then obviously that was really borne out when when Randall goes down. All of a sudden, Goodson has to play. So that was the and that so that's why they didn't promote Jackson on for Sunday's game, because then he had to make another roster move. Well, obviously they make they're going to make another roster move here. Not sure who they'll release. A couple options, maybe Christian Ringo, because Mike Pinnell gives them five defensive linemen. But you probably don't need six over the short term anyway. So maybe that's the move there. But uh, you, again, you're you're making roster moves here to cover yourself for a week or two. It's it's a tough deal, and they didn't want to lose Callahan. I mean, quarterbacks are a hard, hard position. When you think you maybe you found someone at least worth developing, and you lose them, it's it's a tough blow. But you know, and the injury report is dictating this. That I mean, Lacey performed pretty darn well against the Cowboys, but. I mean, he needed. He basically needed a, an entire week of very, very limited practice time to get to that spot. Well, now he's only going to have he's going to have three fewer days to get ready for Thursday's game against the Bears. So up comes Don Jackson. We'll see who they release later today or, or whenever they decide to tell us. The Packers might be slumping, but the Vegas people love the Packers. They're a whopping nine and a half point favorite for Thursday's game against the Bears. The over under there is forty six. If you like that sort of stuff, of course. If you do love that kind of stuff, check out mybookie.net. It's the most exciting online experience for sports fans. MyBookie features real Vegas odds and incredible player props in every game. Is the game already kicked off? No problem there. MyBookie has live in games with odds updated in real time, so it's never too late to make a play. And MyBookie is optimized for smartphone users for nonstop action on the go. Go online, type in mybookie.net in your browser, and sign up today. And use my promo code PACKERS to be, to be entered into their million-dollar prize pool. Or call 844-722-2387. Again, that's 844-722-2387. And join the thousands of players playing online. Only the biggest, only the best, only at mybookie.net. Sign up today. On a second down in the Packers' strengths, Becoming weaknesses. And this, to me, is the real troublesome thing here. Let's go back to 2014, shall we? End of that season, Aaron Rodgers, of course, wins his second MVP award. At that point, he is number one all-time in passer rating. Right now, he's number 20. Also this year, he is 26th in completion percentage. And obviously, an improvement over last year's dead, or last week being dead last. So he's 26th in percentage, 26th in yards per attempt. Again, you know, we talked about this last week. He was number three all-time in those categories after that 2014 season. How about turnovers? So Green Bay used to dominate the passing game. You know what? 
Green Bay dominated turnovers too. That 2014 season, they led the entire NFL at plus 14. And under Dom Capers from 2009 through 2014, the Packers are plus 76 in turnovers. 76. Only New England was better at plus 97. On Sunday against the Cowboys, minus 2. And they're minus 3 for the year, putting them at 24th in the league. The giveaway is obviously the, the big problem against the Cowboys. Even last year when everything was wrong on offense and they stunk for a lot of the year, they were 4th in the NFL with 17 giveaways. And at that point, five of the six best seasons in team history had come since 2009. Think about that. Mike McCarthy's been a wizard with these giveaways. What he, he, you know, he always says you get what you emphasize. He emphasizes turnovers and giveaway and takeaway. And just think about that. From 2009 to 14, they're number two in takeaways. And from 2009, that same time, same six-year span. Five of the best years, five of the six best seasons in franchise history over that span. This year, only nine teams have more than Green Bay's nine giveaways. Obviously, turnovers were a topic on Monday. McCarthy says, quote, ball security is A number one. You have to take care of the football. That's the game of football. The football is the most important part of our game. Four turnovers, that's totally unacceptable, regardless of how it happened, who it happened to. Aaron, Jordy, Ty... You have to take care of the football. That's the first drill that we do each and every day. That's the number one drill of our team fundamental segment. It definitely overshadows performance because it's the key component of being successful. It's obviously the first thing you talk about, and it's always the first thing you look at evaluation-wise. We'll just continue to work at it. Four giveaways in a game, that doesn't cut it. That doesn't come close to cutting it. So those are, those are the two things that were the hallmark of Green Bay being a a consistent championship contender the last several years. Not this year, obviously, but at least the Packers can stop the run, right? Obviously, we, you, you know the numbers. They were Not only were they number one in the league entering last week's game, they were number one historically. I mean, they were the second best run defense since 1933 and the best yards per carry in 60 years. Obviously, so the Cowboys run rough shot over the Packers on Sunday. So I asked McCarthy about that. I, I said to Mike, "What me? He doesn't. He gets a good answer here. He doesn't answer my question, but still a good answer." Well, Mike, you used to be you used to be able to great. You used to be able to count on your passing game. You used to be able to count on turnovers. You used to be able to count on takeaways. And those things have you've lost those things. And and now you at least were able to play good run defense. And that and that fell last week. What do you have to build on? He doesn't answer that part of it, unfortunately. Says, but he says, I think you make a great point, Bill. I feel like I talk about it all the time. This is a different season. This is a different team. I don't ever go into an offseason, a training camp, and especially the regular season, where you just pull up last year's game plan and erase the date and white it out and hand it to the players and say, hey, this is the way we do it because we're the Green Bay Packers and we've done it this and that. That doesn't work. But this is the challenge that every team goes through, even the ones that are playing really good right now. And I can speak on that from experience. It's a different season. We have a different combination of players each and every week. We're going through a patch right now. It's just, it's just adjusting more than you'd like. But that's a part of the challenge for the 2016 Packers. So we're going to get better. That's all I know. And I know, I know. and I know a lot of you fans out there are shaking your head and say, yeah, right, Mike, you're going to get better my foot. The only thing you can say if you're, if you're a glass half full kind of guy is history says 
they'll figure it out. I mean, you look at the turnovers. The turnover history is so overwhelming that Rodgers doesn't throw interceptions. They don't fumble, so they don't give it away. And eventually, they start forcing turnovers. And I remember, I remember last year, I mean, the people, or maybe it was two years ago, where people were complaining about the lack of a pass rush. And then all of a sudden, Green Bay goes on a big sprint where they write off a whole bunch of sacks and they finish in the top five in sacks like they always do. History says they will get it turned around. Then again, history says they get the passing attack turned around and they still haven't done that either. So, you know, the, the, this, the fate of the season depends on the Packers turning these weaknesses back into strengths. On the third down, that'd be wide receiver Ty Montgomery's breakout game. Obviously, Montgomery, one of the few bright spots to emerge offensively from, from Sunday's game against the Cowboys. Serving is essentially the Packers' backup running back. Not much in that phase of the game. Three carries, six yards. But 10 catches, 98 yards, and added a real threat to a, to a passing game just going nowhere. McCarthy talked for about two minutes on Montgomery yesterday. Really, the only interesting line here says, frankly, we need to get tied the ball. As you recall, Montgomery had an ankle injury in the sixth game of last season, and he tried and tried and tried to come back, eventually couldn't, needed surgery, and that was that. he just become a starter last year and became a key, key figure on that offense. This is not a Ty Montgomery stat, but it, I will point it out anyways. In the six games with Ty Montgomery, 27 points per game last year. The last 10, they scored 20. It's a touchdown difference. Again, I'm not saying Ty Montgomery was responsible for that or even had a big hand of that. I just think it's noteworthy, though, that when they, they, lost, they lost him in an offense that was kind of struggling a bit at that point. Anyway, really went down the toilet. So what happened this year? Well, he missed it. You know, that, that surgery kept him out of the entire offseason. So he misses the start of training camp. And even when he was practicing, he didn't have a good training camp. Dropped some practice passes. Didn't do much in the games. So therefore, he didn't play much to start the regular season. In fact, he played 17 snaps in the first four games. 11 the first game, 0 the second game, and then 6 the next two. Now we had to sit on this. At practice a few weeks ago, was it one day that I realized that Ty Montgomery's a running back now? I mean, maybe he's not really a truly a fully running back, but that day, Montgomery was t- doing pass protection drills. He was with Eddie Lacy and those guys pass protecting. And he was going through ball security drills with the running backs, pass catching drills with the running backs. You know, they were running check downs and you know, the whole the route tree of a running back would run. He was running those with Eddie Lacy while, while the receivers were. Doing their thing, Mont- Montgomery was with the running backs, and, and that's when it was. It hit me that Montgomery's a running back, and now we obviously, obviously we couldn't report that. It was interesting. We had a, a part of practice where we could film practice, and Montgomery's doing all this running back stuff. And I go over to the, to the PR rep, uh, Jason Wallace. They go, Jason, what, what am I? What are we supposed to do with this, Jason? You don't want this put out there, right? I mean, he's with the running back, so he goes and talks to McCarthy. McCarthy. Told Wallers, ah, you know, you can't use any of that stuff. So, you know, all this practice video that myself and the TV people are shooting, we, we couldn't use any of that. And we had to keep this all hush-hush. So, anyway, Montgomery basically playing running back against the Cowboys. I assume he will have that role here, at least going forward. But, you know, plus they got seven receivers, too. So, I guess, you know, it's a way to get him on the field. Maybe not a surprise here, though, right? If you're a draft geek like me, think back to that 2015 draft. You probably heard about Ty Montgomery being a running back. Some scouts liked him at running back. My favorite guy is Dave T. Thomas. He's a he's a works for the NFL. He's a consultant for a lot of the teams. 
including the Packers. And here's what Dave told me. You know, he 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 considered Montgomery a receiver, but here's what he wrote in his scouting report. Montgomery has a well-developed frame with good quickness and balance, but his rock-solid frame makes him appear much more suited for running back chores than pass-catching chores. The black eye, obviously, on Sunday, two fumbles, including that last one late in the game. The Packers still had a faint heartbeat, down two touchdowns. They got the ball at the midfield, and he fumbled on third and two, and that was the game. You know, Thomas's scouting report mentioned the fumbles, too. He fumbled three times as a senior. But a good game from Montgomery. We'll see what this means going forward now, now that uh, opponents have at least some sort of beat on, on this and can prepare for whether whether this is a sustainable thing. But, you know, we, we saw the Cowboys and the Giants, too, but especially the Cowboys. Even, even the Giants, too. Both teams basically sent seven guys in the coverage, rushed four. They didn't blitz, and they asked the Packers to beat seven-man coverage. And I talked about this. I have an X's and O's piece of a pack report from following the game. The interception by Barry Church. The Packers have three three receivers out and on a route against six defensive backs. That's tough. I mean, Todd Montgomery, uh, Eddie Lacy was the running back in that play, and he's basically just standing there as a, as a check down threat. And Richard Rodgers, the tight end block. So it's basically three against six in the secondary. So how do you combat that? Well, if you can't get guys open, and obviously they're having a hard, hell of a time getting guys open, put five guys out there and have that fifth guy not be Richard Rodgers and not be Eddie Lacy, but have that fifth guy be a guy. Have that fifth guy be another receiver and have Montgomery with his quickness out there a matchup against linebackers. So I, I think this is a good option for an offense struggling. We'll see. I'm sure defenses will counter and take some of that stuff away. But again, for an offense that's struggling to get guys open. Well, being outnumbered in the secondary, I think this is a real good option. I, I would, I would be stunned if we don't be stunned if we don't see a whole bunch of this against the Bears on Thursday night. And finally, this takes us to fourth down and, and a look at the Bears. And we'll have a lot more Bears stuff this week. I'll have uh, my usual position breakdown of the game and probably the Locked On um, crossover behind enemy lines podcast with Arthur Arkish of Locked On Bears. We got to try to set that up in, in a short week because this is real scheduling is a real challenge. I mean, this week for. I mean, for myself today, we got basically two days of stuff shoved into one where we'll have conference calls and Aaron Rodgers will talk. Then we'll also have some assistant coaches who, those are usually Thursday. So it's usually Rodgers and the conference calls on Wednesdays. And then um, a bunch of locker room stuff and the assistant coaches on Thursdays. Well, we're having all that today. So we'll see what I can do with uh, behind any bonds. But anyway, on to the Bears. And this is a sign of the turnaround that happens on these Thursday games. The Fox guys left on Sunday night, early Monday morning. I got to Lambeau Field to talk to McCarthy yesterday afternoon. I was it what time McCarthy? McCarthy talked at noon. The Thursday night football trucks are already there moving in. So that's a sign of the quick turnaround. Obviously, the players hate these Thursday games, but considering what happened against the Cowboys, they're quite ready to play another game. Packers Bears, obviously the oldest rivalry in football going back to 1921. Chicago leads 94-92-6, which means if the Packers happen to sweep this series, they'll be tied. Offensively, the Bears, this is unbelievable. You think Green Bay's got problems. Chicago is 7th in yards, 5th in yards per play, but 31st in points. I mean, that's like Green Bay against the Cowboys with 400, what, 424 yards and 16 points. I mean, it's the same deal. Chicago, 
28th and third down, 25th in the red zone. That's not good. Uh, quarterback Jay Cutler out with a thumb injury. I'm assuming Brian Hoyer is going to start again, only because we asked for Josh Sitton for our conference call. Sitton stiffed us. Our fallback was whoever the quarterback is. And we're getting a Hoyer, so I'm, I'm assuming Hoyer is going to start here. Hoyer's done pretty well. He's the first Bears quarterback to ever throw for 300 yards with no interceptions in three consecutive games. That was Dallas on September 25th, Detroit on October 2nd, the Colts October 9th. And then this week, he became the first Bears quarterback to throw for 300 yards in four consecutive games. Once again, Cowboys, Lions, Colts, and then Jacksonville on Sunday. He hasn't done him a lot of good, so they're not scoring. Um, this is, of course, the return of Josh Sitton, who I just mentioned a minute ago. Um, he would have been uh, DNP for Monday's practice because of an ankle injury that made him drop out at the very end of that Jacksonville game. Defensively, Chicago spent a billion dollars to upgrade this defensive In fact, they were, I think, number six in offseason spending. Defense is pretty darn good. 11th in yards, 19th in points. You know, talk about the free agent spending. They, they signed defensive lineman Akeem Hicks. They have a 3-4 scheme. They signed two inside linebackers, Jarrell Freeman and uh, Danny Trevathan. And their first-round pick was outside linebacker Leonard Floyd. Uh, Brian Balaga from yesterday on the Bears defense. Just diving into them today, their defense, they fly around. They've got a lot of good football players. You watch them on defense, and they do a lot of good things, especially the front seven. We're going to have to do a good job this week up front to take care of them. And that will do it for this episode of Locked On Packers. Once again, be sure to check out the rest of the great Locked On Podcast Network, Locked On Bears, Locked On NFL, Locked On Fantasy, and to check out my work over at PackerReport.com. Thank you, as always, for listening. Have a great day, and I will talk to you tomorrow. What you doing? Ran out of space on my phone, so I'm deleting some stuff. Bye, singing dog. Bye, goal. I pronounce you. Bye, wedding ceremony. Stop. At Metro PCS, you get two free phones with twice as much memory. Really? Don't say bye to your memories. Switch to Metro PCS and get two free LG K20 Plus phones with 32 gigs when you switch two lines. Metro PCS. Wireless. Figure it out. Coverage not available in some areas. Sales tax not included in phone price. Excludes numbers on the T Mobile network. See store for details and terms and conditions.